Hey, you're listening to the Abide Podcast. To find out more about Abide, go to AbideChurchFL.com and enjoy today's message. And um, we have been in a series called DNA, and we've been talking about some of the core values of the church. And this is just a, how many of you feel like it's just a crazy time with what's going on in the world right now? Just me? Okay, good. It's just me. That's good. Well, I'm not preaching about no virus today, but I do want to say this. I feel like in the midst, I was at Winn-Dixie at 7 o'clock in the morning trying to find baby wipes for my little two-year-old girl, and I have never seen Fishhawk Winn-Dixie this way, right? There's people buying toilet paper and buying this, and, and there's just a sense of panic. And in the midst of this, I couldn't help but, but think to myself that as believers, how many of you here are believers? Yeah, like if you call yourself a believer, that means that, that there should be some kind of motion towards what we believe, right? And as believers, I feel like in this moment, we have an amazing opportunity, an amazingly amazing opportunity to show people what it looks like to have peace in the midst of chaos. Sometimes she goes, <laughs> I love you, she has, her, <laughs> she has her outfit on, it's great. Um, in the midst of, of everything that's going on around us, how many of you know sometimes we think of peace as the absence of chaos? It's not that. Peace is not the absence of chaos. It's an inner, it's an inner, um, it's an inner, an inner strength that comes upon us that no matter what kind of situation we find ourselves in, the presence of God, it lifts us up. So the Bible, it tells us that, that God, he'll give us a peace that will surpass all understanding, meaning in this moment, like we have an opportunity to walk in a different grace, in a different measure. And I know that a lot of times, even as Christians, we fall into this, into this vein where we want to react to what's going on around us. And, and I think, I'm just going to be honest, sometimes I think that fear masks itself with wisdom. And we call things wisdom when it's really fear. And there's lots of chaos going on. And in the midst of all this, I just want to say today, I want to do two things. I want to remind you that God is in control. Like, I want to remind you that he has not fallen off of his throne, that he is more than capable to accomplish everything that he has started. And so you're like, well, I want to look at the world. I, I just, I really don't understand because if you read your Bible, how many of you read your Bibles? As you read your Bible, you read stuff like Matthew 24, and you know by reading the word that Jesus says that these things are going to happen. There's going to be war, there's going to be famines, there's going to be panic, and in the midst of that, he, he lists all of these things that as you read them, they're kind of like, oh, that's scary. But in the midst of that, you see that he promises that there will be a remnant, right? There will be a group of people that they will rise up. How do we know? Because in the midst of all of this chaos, Jesus says to his disciples that in the midst of all of this, his word will go throughout to every nation. Like when my wife was up here singing every nation, every tongue, it's not a pretty song. It's a declaration. That in the midst of us seeing a measure of Matthew 24, all of these things happening, we say Jesus is Lord. Like he is the name above every name. He's the name above any virus. He's the name above every sickness. And as believers, I think what we need to do is we need to be infused with faith. Infused with faith, understanding that the Holy Spirit inside of us is powerful enough to help us walk through anything. He is powerful enough to, to empower us, inner strength. We talked about this last week, Ephesians 3, that the Holy Spirit will come and he will, he will strengthen us from the inside out. So we don't live in reaction to what the world is saying at us, man. We were sitting on, me and my wife were sitting on the couch. We have a cruise booked for April 16th. And April 18th. Dang it, I'm so bad with dates. <laughs> They're going with us. That's how they know. And in the midst, we're looking in like carnival cruise, this and that. And my wife's like, what do we do? We're on Facebook. Listen, if you spent four hours or three hours or one hour on Facebook this week, it was depressing. 
because every other article was like throwing anxiety on top of us. And so we went to bed that night, and the next we were talking, and I'm like, hey, you know what, man? I know this is crazy, and we don't know what tomorrow holds, but there's grace for today. The Bible promises us that there's grace for today, and so we don't have to live in tomorrow. We don't have to fear. And so what did we do the next day? We woke up, and we bought an upgraded to a balcony suite, amen, for $60. <laughs> he says he works all things together for the good. Balcony suite, the Lord wants that for me. But here's what I know, man. Like, it would be easy for us to walk around. You, you know, Martha was talking about how she went to Sam's and she just felt this, like, weight on top of her. And in the midst of everything that's going on, the sports have shut down. It's like, it's crazy because we see this in a negative aspect. But multiple times throughout history, there were revivals. There were moves of God. Chucho was talking to me, Pastor Chucho, about this, about how there were moves of God that happened. And there was the same results, right? There were, there were literal, like in Wales in 1903, there was a move of God that happened. We've talked about this where, where sports stopped happening. There was nobody in bars there was, and we have no issue thinking like when a virus hits that, that these, these kind of things would happen. But I wonder to myself, man, what would it happen for God's people to catch on fire in such a way that it would have the same exact results? Like, hey, there's nobody in the bars. It's not because they're afraid. It's because they're just not interested anymore. There's no, but like Sundays, there's nobody in sports because they're more interested about worshiping Jesus than worshiping some guy with a jersey. And listen, I love sports. I'm not hating on you if you like sports, but here's what I'm saying. What I'm saying is many times we have no problem imagining or thinking what it would look like to see somebody that was possessed. We talk about people who are possessed and all of these evils. But I would say, what if we redirected and asked ourselves, what would it look like for somebody to be possessed by Jesus? Like fully and totally possessed by him, that everything that they are, every part of their heart, every part of their being were to be, were to be encompassed by who God is. So the Bible says that the Holy Spirit came upon Gideon and he, he literally clothed, meaning like he put Gideon on like a glove and Gideon was empowered. And throughout the scripture, we read this man and what the enemy's doing in this time right now is he's trying to put worry and fear to deter us from what really matters. So like when Martha and Mary, we talk about this, Jesus said to Mary, to the disciples, don't, don't worry about what Mary's doing because she has chosen the what? The good part. And it will not be taken from her. And so I feel like we need to be reminded of who God is and, and read some scripture. Can I read to you some scripture this morning? I want to read to you some scripture because it's like way more important than what I have to say. Matthew 25. Thank you. Whoever thought that was funny. I want to read to you Matthew, uh, Matthew 6. This is Jesus speaking. It's red letters, okay? It's important. This is why I tell you not to worry about everyday life. Whether you have enough food, it should be in the back, the scripture. This is why I tell you, you should have enough food or drink, enough clothes to wear. Listen to this. Isn't life more than food? And isn't your life more than what, what, body, what clothes is on your body? Look at the birds. Don't they plant or harvest or store up foods in barns? For your heavenly Father feeds them. Aren't you far more valuable to him than they are? Can all your worries add a single moment to your life? Then he goes again, and why do you worry about your clothing? Look at the lilies of the field and how they grow. They don't work or make their clothing, yet Solomon in all of his glory was dressed as beautifully as they are. And if God cares so wonderfully for the wildflowers and how they are here today, but they're thrown into the fire tomorrow, he will certainly care for you. Then he says to them, why do you have so little faith? Like, why is your trust level so low, right? And he says, so don't worry about these things, like these carnal things, 
what will we eat, what will we drink, what will we wear, these things, watch this, these things, they dominate the thoughts of unbelievers. But your heavenly Father, He already knows all of your needs. Say amen. amen. He knows all of your needs. And then this is the scripture that we quote all the time. Seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness and everything that you need, right, above all else and everything you need will be added unto you. And this scripture that we, that we, that we, proclaim all the time comes in the midst of and he's speaking to people that he knew would be dominated by worry he knew that there would be a lot of tensions a lot of pressure a lot of things pulling on them and in the midst of all of this he's, he's he's speaking logic look at the birds they always eat look at the flowers they're always clothed how much more you and i think it's easy for us to gloss over this and say man amen but when it comes down to it Listen, there, there, there will come a time, I don't know, we think because we live in America, it's just not going to happen. There will come a time where we will have to believe this. Like, we're going to have to believe God that He really is our supplier. Like, it's not difficult to me because I've seen God literally put money in our bank accounts. We were there in Africa when, like, food was multiplying. So I'm, I'm saying to you, He is able to do what's in this book if we were to just trust Him. Sometimes we have more trust in like delivery truck drivers in Walmart than we do in God being our supplier. He is our supplier. He is our sustainer. And he is able to do everything abundantly above all we can ask, think, or imagine, guys. He can do this. And so he's saying to us, in the midst of everything that's going on, do you know how many times in the Bible it says fear not? In the Bible it literally says fear not 365 times. Fear not. Fear not. Fear not. Why? Because every day we are, we are riddled with things that come at us that give us the opportunity to step out of faith and into doubt. And so as, as this church, one of our values is that we would, would believe God undoubtingly. Like that we would believe, that we would read this word and go, oh God, I know that everything seems crazy right now, Lord. But like, I, help me. The Bible, the disciples prayed this, God, help my unbelief. Like, I find myself in this difficult place, Lord, and they're praying, Lord, help me in my unbelief and allow me to live a life of faith that as we, as we step, stand on your word, that we know that you are more than enough to accomplish. I want to read to you Jeremiah 17. This is one of my favorite scriptures, man. Jeremiah 17 says this, But blessed is the one who trusts in the Lord, whose confidence, say confidence, whose confidence is in him. They will be like trees planted by the water that sends out its roots by the stream. It does not fear when the heat comes. Its leaves are always green. It has no worry in the year of drought. These plants are planted, or, sorry, these trees are planted along a river bank with its roots that reach deep into the water. Such trees are not bothered by the heat or worried by long months of drought. Their leaves stay green and they never, I want you to see that, they never stop producing fruit. And as a disciple, man, what are you called? How are we judged by our fruit? And the promise in Jeremiah that is given to us is as believers, as we put our confidence and our trust in him, that we will be like trees planted by a riverbed, that our roots would go deep. Ephesians 3, that as we stay in love, our roots would go deep into him. And as we do, it doesn't matter what is thrown at them. You hear me? Trees die in droughts, but these trees that were planted along the riverbank that is supposed to be me and you, they never stop producing fruit. Meaning, my, my, my outward situations that are being thrown at me should not stop what happens in my heart and how I produce fruit in my life. The way I love people, the way I respond to people, and I believe this, man. In the last days, it's going to be less about what message you preach and more about how you live your life. How you respond in adversity, how you treat people like, I really don't, listen. <laughs> Can I say it, Chucho? Can I say it, bro? Listen, it is not 
Christian or the gospel to hoard in these times. When you read the Bible, it says if he asks you for your shirt, what are you supposed to do with your shirt? Give it. And so, like, I don't understand this thing where, like, well, I'm just going to go buy a stockpile. It's literally anti the Bible. As Christians, I had somebody message me and say, hey, do you need anything? Because anything I have is yours. That's what it looks like to be family and kingdom. That what I have belongs to my family. And my family extends beyond blood because we're called to love one another. And to live in this context, man. And so I just want to remind you that God is bigger than any problem, any disease. And yes, use wisdom. But above wisdom, trust him. Trust him. Trust that he's able to give you wisdom and when to go, when not to go. Let's not shame people, but let's infuse faith into them. And I just want to remind you that the God we serve is the same God who split the sea for the Israelites. He's the same God who empowered Moses with a staff. He is the same God who took Joseph out of a pit and he accomplished. He gave him a dream and they attacked the dream, but he was able to accomplish that which he put inside of Joseph. Sometimes we forget, man. And we see this cost of following Jesus. This is the same God who put, when Daniel was a lion then, he closed the mouths of the lions. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were in a fire, but there was not three, there was four. This is the God we serve. And I don't have to read off of a page to know because it's in my heart. So any situation we read, man, and we go through, we are not victims, we are victors. We walk into situations. Jesus said to his disciples, when you go into a town, what are we to do as believers? We're to go into the town and we are to release our peace. Meaning there's this inward thing inside of us that the Holy Spirit gives us. And when we walk into any situation, we have the ability to literally release and to change the circumstance in the situation. We saw Jesus do it in the middle of a storm. The disciples are panicking. Jesus, Jesus, what does he do? He stands up and he releases what's on the inside on the outside. And the situation had to bow. And then he turned to the disciples and he rebukes them because they failed to realize that what was inside of him would be inside of them. And I'm telling you, as, as believers, we have, to, we have to rise. Like, we have to rise. If a remnant is ever going to stand up, and I believe God is calling us to be that, let's not be this weird freaking thing where we're, like, condemning people, but let's speak life into people. Let's remind them who our God is. Let's remind them that God is the name above every name and that Jesus says, listen, these things are going to happen, but take heart. Why? Because I have overcome the world. And let's remind ourselves of that continually. So we were talking in, in, in the bed. I was talking to my wife that night, and I was like, we were talking. I said, are you okay? She's like, not really. This is just crazy, everything that's going on. And I said, you know what? Like, we were built for this. We were, we were built to advance. The kingdom, of, the kingdom of darkness suffers violence, but the violent take it by force. Meaning that we have been empowered by the Holy Spirit. Listen, I have never seen darkness overtake light. I have yet to see it. And so we have been called as believers to step into situations. I, I believe this right now, man. To step into situations where people are, are speaking about the problem. I'm reminded of the people who, who, when David walks into a situation and there's a Goliath, right? And everybody's talking about Goliath. What was God looking for in the moment? Someone who would speak to Goliath. Someone who would be able to have the confidence in who God was on the inside of them and speak to that giant and believe that the God inside of him was bigger than anything that would come against him. And I believe this with all of my heart. This is an opportunity for us to step into a new level of glory as a church. Listen, let's just be real. What happens, what happens if, like, we can't do church anymore? 
Like if, if, if your spirituality, if this church has led you, if any church has ever led you to have your spirituality or spiritual growth be based on off of a pastor, we have failed you. I'm talking about abide. Because we have been called and there will come a day where men, we will have to be the head of our homes. Like we will have to open up this Bible and say, hey, come here, Judah, Selah, let's figure out what God says about this situation. And we, we've lived in a long time, man, maybe about 100 years, we have been taught church looks like you come here from the man of God. And if you need something, let's stand in line until the man of God prays for us. And I just want to say, you are all men and women of God. The same Holy Spirit that is inside of me and inside of any pastor is inside of you. So what God he's wanting to do is he's wanting to increase you on the inside to understand who you really are. To be able to walk into these situations and release your peace. And allow the Holy Spirit to rest on that thing. He's, he's a big God. And sometimes we read this book and we look at, we look at, we look at like these things as like allegoric almost. Like, oh, wow, it's a cute story. But no, like the, the closer we get to Jesus returning, the more we're going to have to really live this out. And it shouldn't cause any fear inside of you. Like it, it shouldn't cause any fear. When I was in Africa, I took my... When we went to Africa, me and my wife, and we had a one-year-old. And I know some of you know this, but like when we were going, we sold everything to move to Pemba, Mozambique. And so many people were speaking death over us. And so like we wanted to be full of faith, and we were full of faith to the capacity we thought we could. But we got to Africa, and then everybody was like, well, what about this sickness? And what about that sickness? And what about malaria? And then we got there, and like the first night, was it the first or third night, Judah got extremely sick like extremely sick and he was sick like for six weeks and we 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 took him to we could not figure it out and all i could hear in those moments were all of the voices my family oh man you should use wisdom who does that you're supposed to be good parents your main ministry is your son without noticing like for me my main ministry is my son i want to teach him to live a life of faith not a life of fear i want him to know hey when daddy spoke to your parents they trusted fully and so as we're there, we were in school one day, and we were with Heidi Baker. And Heidi Baker was talking, and, and, and we were feeling all these emotions. And she's speaking one day about being a missionary and about giving your life. And they spoke a lot about giving your life, you know, and trusting God and all of these things. And, and we were there, and she goes, I don't understand what's the fear. If, if, if something happens to me on earth, then what, what happens to me? I'm good to go be with Jesus? What a downgrade. <laughs> And I think sometimes as we think of the end times and all of these things that are happening around us, it's easy to feel fear like we're missing out on something. Listen, Jesus is everything. Yeah. He's everything. And we have the opportunity to be connected to him here and to live a life of faith here. But also we have to look forward to we are going to be in glory with him. Yeah. Do you understand? Like we have, to, we, have to, we have to get rid of this spirit of fear and cast it out. So Paul says to Timothy, well, I have not given you a spirit of fear and timidity, but of what? But of power and of love and of a sound mind. Meaning I have the ability through the Holy Spirit for, that, for, the, for the sound mind to come on me. Meaning what does a sound mind do? It gives us the ability to think rationally, think kingdom in the midst of everything that's going on around us. We have power, we have love, love one another and love God. But we have a sound mind, meaning in the midst of everything that the media is throwing at us and people are speaking and all of this fear, we have the ability to rationally understand the things of heaven. It's not, a script, it's not just a cute scripture when God says for us to be, that we're seated in heavenly places and the commandment for us to put on the mind of Christ, right? It's not like, wow, that sounds awesome, let's get a tattoo. No, like, 
It's for us to literally ask God, God, help me to think the way that you think, God. Help me to see the situation the way that you see the situation. I want to read to you Philippians 4. It says this. Philippians 4, 6 through 7 says, Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, not in some situations, in every situation by prayer and petition, some translations say supplication, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. So listen, it's not a problem if you have something to ask God for. Like in these situations, it's okay for you to ask God for peace, for you to ask God for joy. And in every situation, bring, bring your request to God. And then here's the promise. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, it will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ. So we have this amazing promise that in every situation, as believers, like if you're rooted in him, that we can bring our request to him and we can know that he's a loving father and his peace will guard our hearts. Like it's a, it's a supernatural thing, but that supernatural should be really natural for us as believers, guys. We should be able to, to, to come into situations and, 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 and understanding the peace of God, it, it empowers us and it rests on our hearts and it gives us the ability to carry this message and to go out into all the world. And to be able to rationalize, you know, we just started a business uh, probably like a month ago. I don't even know now. And we were working, and, and, and I was thinking, I said to my mom, I was like, this is the worst time to start a freaking business, mom. People are buying toilet paper. Like, like I should have bought stock in that instead of buying, you know, started a freaking company. And she's like, you just need to calm down because this comes and this will go. It comes and it will go, and it, we get so sucked in. It's like a vacuum. It sucks us into a moment, and what it does is it causes doubt to creep into all the areas of our life. So, no, we can't go to church, and we can't do groups, and we can't do this, and we shouldn't invest in there. Listen, this will come, and this will go. And in the midst of the coming and in the going, God is still good. We still trust him, and our confidence is in him. And so, so here's what I want to say. If, you, if we find ourselves in a, in a place where we feel like our foundation is kind of struggling, then we need to reevaluate what our confidence is in. We need to ask ourselves, like, listen, reverse the search. Stop trying, let's stop trying to give in to everything that's thrown at us and all of these things. Let's reverse the search and let's ask God, God, how do you want me to respond? Become my confidence and show me how to respond to this situation. Because it's easy for us to use, well, we're just using wisdom. Here, listen, wisdom in the New Testament was Jesus did not run from lepers. He walked to them. That's New Testament wisdom. <laughs> According to Jesus. I'm not saying like, yo, go knocking on doors. You got the virus, bro. Let's get it. I'm not saying that. I'm not, I'm not saying that. But what I am saying is, listen, we have been taught. To, to, to treat fear and intimidation from the devil because we, if the virus didn't come from God, we can all agree it didn't come from God. Listen, this is not judgment from the Lord. Yeah. It's not. It's not. Yeah. Then we know where it came from, right? And so our job as believers is to destroy the work of the enemy. Every place that there's darkness, we are to, to expose God's marvelous light. And so what we need to do is ask God, God, show me. You know how crazy it must have seemed to the disciples? When, when Jesus was walking the earth, if you were a leper, they ostracized you to like a place where nobody else is kind of like a quarantine, guys. <laughs> and in, in the New Testament, you see that a leper comes to Jesus and the disciples freak out. 
And what does Jesus do? He responds in a way that, that violated how they always had responded according to the book. And he shows us a more excellent way to walk out this gospel. And what he's showing his disciples is, listen, the Holy Spirit inside of you is more powerful than anything outside of you. And so back to Matthew 5, Jesus, he's speaking, man. And I've, I've been reading Matthew 5, the Beatitudes. And this is kind of like the constitution of our faith, is it not? I mean, Jesus is speaking on a mount, and he's kind of explaining to them this kingdom that they can't fully grasp, but, but, and he uses parables, but he speaks to them. Are you good? Good. Matthew 5, he says to, to, to the people there, he says, You are the salt of the earth. But what good is salt if it has lost its flavor? Come on, Hispanic people. You know sasong. <laughs> don't want it if it don't got sasong, bro. Can you make it salty again? It will be thrown out and trampled underfoot as worthless. It says, you are the light of the world, like a city on a hilltop that cannot be hidden. No one lights a lamp and puts it under a basket. Instead, a lamp is placed on a stand where it gives light to everyone in the house. And in the same way, let your good deeds shine for all to see so that everyone will praise your heavenly Father. Did you hear that? Like as, it didn't say as you preach your, your, your three-point message. It didn't say that. It says like in the midst of the darkness, as you do good deeds. And I don't know what good deeds look like for you, but they can look like anything. Let your good deeds shine, and through that, people will praise the Lord. Like they will literally see the Father. And so this message, this message of, of, of the kingdom and of Jesus, it has to go beyond three-point sermons. People have to be empowered to understand that when they're in Walmart, they're on mission. And I don't know of any place that I can think of that's the kingdom of darkness than Walmart. Can't, I can't think of a worse place. Just kidding. But really, that we, we would understand that, that as believers, we're called, we're called to be light. Not when we schedule an outreach on a Saturday, the last, you know, that, oh, I'll be light. I'll show up at 9 o'clock and I'll be, no. Like one of my dreams, me and my wife talk about this often, is that our, our son, he would, he would see, we went to school the other day and the teacher was like, I just want to let you know that one of the teachers was coughing and she was sick and your son went up to her and he's like, I'm going to pray for you. And in Jesus' name, be healed. And I'm like, get it, kid. That didn't just happen. It came from, from seeing his parents believe God. And, and, and listen, not everybody I prayed for gets healed. But I know that everybody I don't pray for won't get healed. I know that. And so Judah needs to understand my job, Judah, my five-year-old son, I want him to see a father that not only in churches he liked. Because listen, anybody can lift up their hands and scream Jesus in this room. Yeah. Anybody. It's an easy environment. We want you to do that. But like when, when, when God speaks to you like out at the grocery store and in your job, and you know what I'm talking about, your heart starts to go, that's not Jesus. Jesus would never do this to me. He, he does not give me, a, you know, he, anxiety is not come. No, that's, that's the Lord calling you to do something. And, and like that breakthrough and that favor and that thing that God is calling you to is on the other side of your chicken line. It's on the other side of that like uncomfortable situation because we have been conditioned now to believe that we have to bring an evangelist in. Oh, give me a card. Show me a video. I'll share it. That's evangelism now. 
But according to statistics, still, man, 80% of the people that are invited to church, they come. And more than inviting somebody to church, I would just rather you just talk to them about Jesus. <laughs> like, the whole New Testament, most of it is just people sharing their experience. Hey, I was Paul, the one who killed everybody, but Jesus touched me, and here I am. That was his message. I was the one that killed you guys, but here I am. And they're like, oh, crap, I don't know if I can trust this guy or not. What was he doing? He was being light in the midst, in the midst of darkness. And so as, as we respond, remember this. We don't live in reaction to the devil. We live in response to God. Our response to God has to look like trusting him in every situation. And I believe in these last days, listen, remember the, this little light of mine, I will let it shine, let it shine, let it shine. I don't sing as pretty as my wife, guys. But, but I need you to understand that this, this is your job as a believer. Listen, the lights are about to black out, and it's not the end days. It's not, a, you know, it's not revelations playing out. It's just for an illustration. I know y'all are a little high tense right now. But, but the Bible says this, that his word is, is a lamp into my feet and a light into my path. And so the imagery for me, man, as we walk in, in this, you know, we're called to be light. We're called to, to follow the Lord, that his word would sustain us every step of the way. And sometimes in our faith journey, we think that that looks like, you know, you can shut the lights off. We think that it's going to be bright in here anyways with, with, the, with, the, with the windows. Hope I don't get wax everywhere. Oh, no. Destiny, this dollar store candle, girl. Walmart. Walmart, dang it. My illustration's done. You know, we, we think that, let's imagine this room was completely dark, right? We think that our faith journey looks like God lighting us on fire and us being able to see the whole destination. Meaning, God, you light me on fire and I walk into darkness and I see the fullness of everything that you have for me. But the truth is, man, is that a lot of times for me, God calls us to Africa. He calls us to Mexico. The biggest one is he calls us to Lithia. Um, <laughs> that's the biggest one. That, that the truth is many times as, as, as I'm walking with God and as I'm being a light, I can only see three or four steps in front of me. Like my, my light as I walk into darkness, it doesn't always illuminate the whole room. And so this faith journey a lot of times for me looks like, God, I trust you for this step. <laughs> and I believe that there's grace for this day. So I take one step forward. And as I take a step forward, I know that Christ in me, the hope of glory, it illuminates that space. And so, like, when I first started being a Christian and God saved me from addiction, I knew that he was the saver of the addicted. But it took me a couple of years in walking in light until I got to see my brother walk in freedom. Yeah. So what did that look like every day? Speak life. Sometimes not say anything at all because he was pissed. <laughs> it looked all kinds of ways, right? But my responsibility was not to save Kenny. It was to Come on. shine a light. And sometimes we overcomplicate the gospel. God will use pastor or the evangelist or the prophet. No, you shine and you listen. His word will be a light into my path. And, and I only need a light if I'm walking in darkness. Can we agree on that? Because if there was light in this room, there's no need for a candle. But as we walk into dark places, we trust the light of the Holy Spirit inside of us to empower us to walk every step of the way. And so when people speak to me about a virus, I respect your opinion, sir, but I've seen him heal. When God speaks to me about lack, I respect, I understand that's your experience, but God is my provider. You can turn the lights back on. So, so this is not complicated, right? 
believing God undoubtedly is allowing, the Bible says that we are, we're baptized in water, but there's also speak of a baptism of fire. And the baptism of fire is not for shaking on the ground and rolling and saying, wow, they are Pentecostals. Yes, they are. <laughs> the baptism of fire is to en empower us. Like for our schools, for our jobs. So the other day I was talking to, to Chucho and I was like, man, I really just wish that God would, 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 we would be in a position where you would just be able to work for the church full time. He's like, I don't know how I feel about that. I'm like, well, dang, bro, I'm trying to like throw you, <laughs> trying to let you know I love you. He's like, well, here's the deal, man. If I work for the church full time, then I just won't be around people. And as Christians, we're called to people and we're called to minister to them. And I respect that. And I feel like God is challenging us at a heart level. All of us in the midst of the coronavirus, we have an amazing opportunity to stop people in the midst of their anxiety and say, hey, I understand that what's happening is real. We're not minimizing what's happening in Italy and what's happening here. But let me speak to you about this peace that, go, that is above what everybody's going through right now. Yeah. And let me talk to you about this inner strength. And people will see it on you guys. I had a conversation with a family member, and I'm like, we're just not shaken. We're just not shaken by everything that's going on right now because God's my sustainer. And so before I go to CNN or Fox or whatever, I'm going to put my face in this. And I'm going to ask God, God, what are you saying right now? Because I need your word to be my foundation. So like when Peter stepped out of the boat into that, you know, very like precarious situation because nobody, there was no how to walk on water handbook. There wasn't. He like, oh, this is step one. No. He just asked the Lord and Jesus said, come and he walked on his word. So I say to you today, man, don't walk on Gio's word. I'm asking you today, what's your word? Like I read to you scripture, don't worry, don't be anxious, come to God with yourself, be planted, be rooted. But like, what is God speaking to you right now? Because if you don't know what he's saying, I've learned this from my weight loss journey. If I'm not losing weight, I'm gaining it. <laughs> And in our faith, it's like if we're not increasing in faith, then what's going on? And so I feel like today what, what I want to do is I want to pray. Can we pray? You know, our president, they declared today National Day of Prayer, which is amazing. No matter how you feel about him, doesn't matter. It's amazing that, that the head of our nation would say, today's a National Day of Prayer. And the Bible says that if my people who are called by my name would humble themselves, turn away from their wicked ways, and pray that he would heal their land. So the recipe was not if you would preach an amazing message and the glory would fall. It was like, no, man, if like they would turn away from all of their distractions and repent, meaning turn away from that. To repent literally means to go the other way, to change your mind, your opinion about that thing and humble themselves. And I feel this. Pride is the number one issue that keeps us as the church from walking into fullness with God. What is pride? Pride is self-sufficiency. I don't need all that. I got it. They would repent, humble themselves, and pray he would heal their land. And that's what we need. Because listen, a month from now, in Jesus' name, I will be on a cruise. <laughs> and the coronavirus will probably be gone. They'll have a vaccine, whatever. But, but here's what I know. There's going to come another thing. And we cannot be a people that are tossed from storm to storm to storm, that the waves are tossing us. We have to be firm in our foundation, knowing God is good. Amen. So can we stand? Where's Covey at?
Did he disappear? Oh, can I use you, Lance? I just, we just close our eyes for just one moment. And I just want to ask us, you know, I, I want to ask you to ask yourself if this week you've been living in reaction to the devil or in response to God. Like, I just, I just want, I, I want us to, to be real in that. Not, not for anybody to be shamed or condemned, but I, I want us to make a conscious, under, we have a conscious understanding that, man, maybe this week I was being tossed by the waves and the wind. And what I need to do right now is I need to hear God's voice. Father, I just ask right now, that you would speak to every single person in this place, Lord. Oof. Father, that you would infuse us with faith. Just listen. I just feel like he wants to speak to some of you right now. And I don't want to, I don't want to keep talking because I, I can get in the way of what he's doing. But just ask him right now, God, speak to me. Speak to us, Lord. Father, I ask that, that the peace of Christ would rule in hearts. Like Colossians 3 says, that the peace of Christ would rule in hearts, God. Father, that we would be reminded to remember that you are the God of the impossible. You are the God who heals. You are the God who provides. You are the God who stands in the fire. You are the God who goes into pits. It's all about you. Yeah.
anybody here that you would say I just need I need peace I don't want anybody to leave today without without understanding that peace is available and that anything that's robbing you of your peace can be gone today in Jesus name so if you're here today and you say I just need peace like I feel an absence of peace would you just raise your hand around the room anyone else we're gonna pray raise your hand we're gonna pray who else absence of peace hey can you pray right here? Anyone else? Hey, can somebody come look around if you don't have your hand? We're going to pray. Right here. Father, we just release peace. Peace. The way you told us to in your word, Father, we release peace over every heart. Father, I thank you, God, that you are the sustainer, Lord, and that no weapon formed against your children will prosper. Over every heart and every circumstance right now, Lord. Father, we cancel negative words that were shared over people right now. Things that were spoken over situations right now, we cancel them in Jesus' name. We speak power, love, and a sound mind. Power, love, and a sound mind. Father, help us to be light in dark places. Help us, God. Help us, show us, God, to see the harvest the way you see it, God. That we would not shut ourselves in houses when we have the opportunity, God, to be light in a dark world, God. Give us boldness and courage. All anxiety in Jesus' name goes. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Any confusion in Jesus' name it goes. We speak against sickness right now and we curse it in Jesus' name. We curse this virus. Father, we curse any sickness, diabetes, we curse it in Jesus' name. Father, for this area, Father, we just plead your blood over this area. Over every household, God. We speak that it would be a place of peace. Wow. Yeah. We speak life over you. Life. 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 Father, help us to be salt. Help us to not lose our saltiness, God. Help us to be light. 
We praise you, Lord. We praise you, Lord. church. Father, help us, lastly, help us to be reminded to remember who you are. For every negative thing, God, that is thrown our way, I ask that you would bring to our remembrance who you are. God, you are the way maker, miracle worker, the promise keeper, Lord. And that no weapon formed against us prospers, Lord. I just declare that. Just declare that over this community. And Father, I ask, God, that we would see you, that like David said, oh, magnify the Lord. That you would be magnified, God, in every situation. In the mighty name of Jesus, everyone said amen. Amen, amen. I'm, I'm gonna, they're going to continue to play. If you want to linger, you can. But we love you guys. I, 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 want, I want them to continue to play. And if you need to linger, I don't want anybody to leave here with any heaviness. I just believe there's a grace for that to be released over you. Amen. Thank you guys for coming. Have an amazing week. We will gather until they tell us we can't. So we love you guys. Have a wonderful week.